You're listening to the Rogers Waterfowl Podcast. This is A.A. Ron Jones. Chandler Smith here. Let's talk some waterfowl. So, yeah, so the very first show I ever did with Calls, it was in Lone Jack, Missouri. It was at a Delta Waterfowl Bank. The guy was super nice. Said, yeah, you can set up, do whatever. I think I donated a call to him or whatever. And so I'm there, and uh, I've never been to a show before. And uh, so I'm set up, and we're sitting there, and we got our calls, and no, nobody's looking at them. Nobody's ever heard of us. And uh, there's maybe 30 people at this thing. It wasn't a very big banquet. And uh, the guy comes over and says, hey, I got you scheduled to uh, to blow calls on stage. And I said, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, quite the surprise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I said, okay. And he's like, I, I got you 20 minutes up there. What? <laughs> and I said, uh. What do you want me to do for 20 minutes exactly? <laughs> and he said, well, can't you blow one of them contest routines? How long do those last? And I said, those are 90 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> You've got 20 minutes. And you, you got 20 minutes. So oh, I basically got goodness. up there and made a fool of myself for 20 minutes. But, yeah, that was my first show. <laughs> that was your first that show? That was my first show. Oh, and we sold it. So, no so you didn't, like, talk about your calls and talk about how to blow a call? I didn't know just, what to do. You just blew a call for 20 minutes? I basically did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I don't know if I said ten words when I was up there. Maybe a little dizzy walking after. <laughs> I yeah. Was, yeah, it was. I was pretty nervous. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, so man, that was, I would have loved to have seen that. That would have that been was, great. That was my first show. I may have a picture of the display <laughs> set up at the banquet still. Uh, Can we get yeah. like a zero second face picture and then like a twenty minute face? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was rough. That's uh, that's yeah. funny. Well, if you guys are just joining this on our podcast here, this is a continuation from. Last week's, um, we got long-winded talking about duck calls, which is easy to do when it's something, you know, so it's so fun and you're passionate yeah, about, it's and it's, very, it's just very addictive. Yeah, good time. So um, we're talking with uh, Bobby Hayes from Ducklander Calls. This is AA Ron. We got Gregory over there, Chandler over here, and Bobby over there. Yeah, and I Bobby's should, over there. I'm, I'm <laughs> still here. <laughs> He's still there. Leave it to me to talk too much. So yeah, <laughs> last week we were long-winded. This week, uh, Chandler, I know you had a few things that you really wanted to bring up last time that Gregory he wouldn't keep his mouth closed, and that's why we ran so long. But what were yeah. some of my those? apologies that I like calls? Yes, <laughs> he's our call buyer. If, if you didn't know that, Gregory, he is our call buyer, so he knows a thing or two yeah. sometimes. But Chandler, yeah. what were some of the things you wanted to get into last week? We didn't have time to. Well, just a quick rundown. We're going to say these names a lot, and we want I want everybody to know what we're talking about. But uh, Ducklander calls. Uh, we have a bunch of duck calls on the table here. I'm going to kind of run down from top to bottom. Well, I don't it, just from one end to the other uh, on what they are. So at the top, I would just call loud timber hand cut, and that is uh, uh, really really short barrel, um, very loud, big bore, uh, you know, quick call. You're you're to the note real quick, uh, real fast on that. Jumping down from there, you have a con artist, which is, has a longer barrel, um, and it's uh, it was the bore was the bore. You have the con hand cut. Yeah, the which hand is cut. the same tone board as an LT hand cut, yeah. just in a longer barrel. So some guys will run that better. Some guys will run the short one better, yeah. whichever fits you. Then the next down is the regular con artist. The regular con artist. Yes. And then it goes to the center. Center. Which the bore goes down on the center. Yes. But the barrel is the same as barrel, a con artist. Con artist, a QT, a center, and a con artist hand cut of the same barrel. Yep. Yes. Inserts change, but the barrel is the same. Yep. Uh, and what we ended up doing is I used to have five different shaped barrels 
And uh, we, I basically, I think I did it four years ago, might have been three. I went down to the two most popular mm-hmm. shapes that everybody liked. Yeah, I remember the old yeah. QTs and center, were different. And the yeah. center had its mm-hmm. own shape, and actually we had a Saint, and Troublemaker had its own shape. and Yeah, so we narrowed it down to the two. Yeah. Which, so from the bottom, quiet timber, center, con otters, hand-cut con otters, and then out timber hand-cut. Yep. And then now we have the mammoth. Which then the is mammoth, which is a cut down. We'll yes. get to that today, also. So that'll yes. be that'll be awesome. So we kind of talked about for beginners finding your pressure, which I think is the really really important part of figuring out how to blow a duck call. If you you get figure that out, um, you are you are now in the right direction to make Very correct much. notes, cadences, go out in the field, and actually be. Um, adequate at calling at ducks as long as you know if a guy can make pressure and he can make a quack uh then he can start making a cadence and that Mm -hmm. makes him sound like a duck and pressure is the first step to 20 minute routine is that (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. so real quick we don't have to blow on call a lot but bobby could you you show us here um maybe what a Lack of pressure, quack would sound like, and then the correct one. So and maybe do it a couple of times so people, if they wanted to, they could just keep repeating. Sure. So this if, back and forth. If you have no pressure, which basically means you're going to take air from the back of your mouth, more or less the air that's in your mouth, and you're going to blow. Uh, it's going to sound flat on a duck call because the pressure is what makes the reed move and sound full. It puts the rasp in a duck call. You do never have to grunt. You never should hear your <clears throat> into a duck call. You, you just do not have to do that to add rasp. Uh, so a long time ago you did, but calls have evolved quite a bit, and, and the rasp is in the call already. You just have to put the pressure on the reed to get the rasp out. So if you do not have the pressure, your, your quacks are going to sound flat, kind of kazooie. <laughs> so now that's, that's just blowing air straight out of my mouth and onto the reed. So now if I would add the pressure, which is the air that's inside of my lungs, when I put pressure on that with my diaphragm, I'm going to present the pressure to the reed. Not the amount of air. The amount of air is the volume. But the pressure is going to make it sound full. So that's with pressure, and this would be without. So that's going back and forth. So basically, you're going to go flat without the pressure. You're not going to have the right tone. Now, I can take the same amount of pressure, and the pressure doesn't vary if I blow hard. Or I blow soft. I'm pushing just the same on my lungs with my diaphragm. Same amount of pressure. More air is coming out to change the volume. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so in general, you you're not changing your pressure. Pressure always stays hard. Okay. Yeah. When when you run out of pressure, you you can't blow a duck call anymore. Okay. Because you can't put the pressure on, it, so you just can't make a note. Yeah. Uh, another really big area you would hear the difference on pressure and no pressure is on a feed. So if I have a feed with no pressure, that's going to be the old ticka, ticka, ticka you hear a lot of people do. So you're going to be that. That's just air. There's no pressure on that. If I do the same exact note, but I have pressure, you'll st- I'm going to take the pressure and I'm going to go from no pressure to pressure. So you'll hear the, the ducks come into the, the sound. So that's the pressure. The pressure is what makes it sound like a duck. There's, yeah, a huge difference yes. right there. Huge difference. Yes. So, yeah, learning pressure is one of the big keys to learning how to blow a duck hole. Yeah, that's it's huge. So yes. if you think you got that down, 
you figured out you you know you've blown in your hand and figured out the pressure you've you know you've really thought about coughing and feeling your diaphragm move um and you got the pressure figured out and you're starting to make the duck duck call and you got your hand position down and everything um that's where we need to start and we um don't talk about i guess we won't go to the feed that quick you want to get your cadence down or um just kind of what 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 does it take to get out on the field and start hunting and, and killing birds uh the first thing i like a guy to do is if he can make five ducks so just five quacks whack 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 just five good just and i'm just talking just a just that if he can do that five times without messing up because you think that's would be a really simple thing but when you're learning to blow a duck call you're you're training multiple things to do things in unison so you're training your diaphragm to push on your lungs to put pressure out you're trying to keep your throat open because if you close your esophagus down you're going to change the the miles per hour the air comes out of your esophagus so you're training your throat to stay open you're putting pressure on your lungs from your diaphragm and you're training your tongue to cut the note so you're doing a bunch of stuff at once so what happens is when you're learning you're going to feel tongue-tied just like when you can't pronounce a word so you might get three quacks out and not be able to hit four and five. You might get one quack out, and then instead of having that good end, you might go, because <laughs> you can't get your tongue to, to repeat. And so you have to do it enough times to get five good notes out without thinking about it. So as soon as you can get five, then you can put those notes into a cadence. The cadence is what makes it sound like a duck. Uh, and when I say cadence, so basically you're going to have, there are going to be multiple, multiple cadences. So that's how you do different sounding ducks. But like the most basic cadence would be, you're going to have the same note five times, but the beginning note is longer than the last note. So it's going to go down like a staircase. So same note, they just change in length. So that's when a guy can go out to the field and start calling a duck. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have five notes, so that's five notes. I can take the same note and go. That's the same note that just got shorter as I went down. So then you sound like a duck. You can do the same notes fast. You can do them real slow. So that's your different, you can, cadences, whatever you can come up with. Mm -hmm. But so that's when you start sounding like an actual duck. So the yep. first step is one quack, five quacks, and then we'll put them into a cadence. Gotcha. So uh, most guys, what most guys end up doing is they will not, cut the notes off as hard so when they come down on their cadence they start just bleeding the notes out so they'll have one good but then they'll go to there's a big difference between ack and ah and i don't teach duck calling with words mm -hmm. uh but for the the best way to to think about a quack is every almost everything a duck does ends with a k that's why uh a k or a t but i like k the best so like, have you ever heard, you know, say hit or wit or quit into a duck call? Uh -huh. Really, all, all that does is makes the middle of your tongue hit the roof of your mouth. So if you say K, it's impossible to say K without taking the back of your tongue and pushing it against the roof of your mouth. So all ducks end in K. So when you, hit a, when you, when you quack, you're saying ack, is what you're, essentially is the motion your mouth makes. You're not saying the actual word, it's just the motion. So... If you think about your tongue in your mouth, the tip of your tongue gets buried against the back of your bottom teeth. You can bury it a little bit down further where that little flap of skin anchors your tongue down, but somewhere in there, and the middle to the back of it's going to end against the roof of your mouth in that quack. 
So what what you'll hear a lot of guys that aren't proficient on a call do is they will end with ah. So that's when you hear that's ah. That's that's not what you want. You want ack. So what most guys can do is they can get a couple notes out and then it'll go to ah to end because they're trying to get softer. And where that comes back to pressure is your pressure stays the same first note or bottom note. It's just the length of the note varies. So uh, the other way you can think about it is if you do five notes, that is the same thing as doing one long note. So if I just went, uh, all I'm doing is cutting the note up with my tongue. So I'm going to hit the, the my back of my tongue against the roof of my mouth to cut that single note up, and I'm going to make five quacks. So, but yeah, that's, so that is the, the basis of learning how to, to call in a duck is those, those five sounds. So if you could break it up, maybe percentage, um, that cadence versus a feed, what, what is percentage you use one over the other that was in your opinion? Well, okay. So I don't know. We haven't got to the feed that's yet. Right. There's always, there's always fluke days. I mean, you could, you could be in a place where ducks are never going to eat and they could just eat up a feed that day, which by all means, I would say blow that at them. But for the most part. Uh, if we're hunting a pond and I know they're not feeding in there, very little feed. I, I will not run much of a feed that day because it's not real natural. Uh, I would rather run real soft quacks because generally if you see ducks and they're loafing somewhere and it's, it's not a place where they're going to eat, uh, you may, you may hear them cluck at each other, but most of the time you're going to kick, they're just going to sit there and peck and mess around. And so, uh, what most guys end up liking a feed for is it's something they can do that's soft that doesn't scare the duck, but it doesn't necessarily always help them. If you could learn how to do more fine sounds on a duck call, like real fine quacks, I think those kill better than, than a feed out of place. Yeah. Yeah, for, the, for, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. there's like, just going back to the cadence, I mean, some days you might just hit, wah, yeah. wah, wah. Absolutely. And then other, wah, 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 Yes. Wah. So I'm it, not the best caller in the world, but there's times that I've just done that simple quack. Yes. And I guarantee it, it has pulled more ducks in than when I try to do something oh, at yeah. the wrong time. Oh, uh, there, there's days that, yeah, just a simple quack yeah. and the birds that. There's, there's a lot of days, like if, if it's just for whatever reason, they just need sound to finish, which mm-hmm. some days they do, some yeah. days they don't. Uh, I mean, all I'm doing on the way in is <laughs> until we shoot them. And that's, that's it. They, yeah, that can be very, very effective. They just need some kind of noise. Yeah, yeah, to finish. They and don't a lot need a of times like you're doing that when they're. I mean, you see them cup or hit them on the turn, and when they start coming, I mean, you do that. It might be yes. one, it may be ten times that you have to do it, but they yep. sometimes just walking them in. Yeah. So no. So I always encourage guys to learn. Uh, generally, when a guy's starting out, I like him. Like I said, the five notes is the best thing to learn because almost every sound you make on a duck call is some form of a quack. Uh, so I love to learn, so I love them to learn the five notes and then a cadence. And then I just tell them, Hey, cause you're going to get bored just doing five notes over mm-hmm. and over and over and over. Uh, the best thing to learn is start learning, just like figure out how soft you can blow a duck call and still make it sound full. Uh, and as many different variations as you can, but how soft can you actually quack on it and still sound good? Cause yeah. that's something you'll use a ton when you're hunting. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. And um, where does, I know you talked about like 
pressure being like very important. Mm-hmm. Um, what's one way that you can like really focus on if you're just wanting to learn pressure, that's it. It's, it's really annoying. Uh, but this is one of the best exercises for learning pressure. It's one of the best exercises for learning a lot of things on the duck hall. Uh, but if anybody's ever been to a main street duck hall competition and you hear a guy ring out a call, if you can ring a call out, you can do almost every note on that duck hall because that teaches you one, it teaches you tongue placement, it teaches you pressure and it teaches your, your esophagus to stay open. So it's like, it's like running, it's like long distance running for your duck call. Okay. It's, it's the same thing. If you were going to practice something, if you can learn to ring a duck call out, then you absolutely will, you will exponentially get better at everything else. That's what do you why mean I, by ring a duck call out for people who? Well, like I said, if you've ever been to a Main Street competition, so the, the first three strings in a duck call mm-hmm. in that competition is going to be that meh, meh, meh. It's going to have a particular pitch and tone to it. Sure. You cannot do that without pressure. You cannot do that with a closed throat. And you cannot do that without cutting the note off correctly in your mouth. That's why that shows control in mm-hmm. a competition. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying to do it while you're hunting. I'm just saying it's great practice. In the truck, windows down. Uh, yeah. Windows down makes a big yeah. difference. Yeah. It also, <laughs> the other thing it does is it'll teach you hand placement, too. Because there's a lot of different, there's a lot of the the fullness in that ring is where your hand's at on that duck call. So it teaches you also what to do with your hands. Um, but, and that's also the way I fix a guy that growls into a duck call. Because you cannot growl into a duck call and make a ring. So that that is the hardest guy to get a habit out of is a guy that, that's got a lot of voice in it. Uh, the only way I've ever found to get it out to get good hot air out, good pressure, is to get him to ring a call. And like I had, I had one super nice guy. Guy, she spent the summer with me learning how to ring a duck call to get that voice out of there. I mean, he finally got it, but it took him three, four months to get really? that out. Oh, it's very hard. But yeah, so that it is legitimately that is one of the best things a guy can do for hunting is learn how to ring that duck call. So, and I almost every well-made single read call that's an open board will ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, and if, if anybody needs, um, like what, what does this sound like? We did live feed our calling contest. Oh yeah. absolutely. Um, so they can go back through our Facebook page and they can listen to hours of yes. guys doing, uh, the, the, you know, the open, the, whatever, any of that is going to be on our Facebook page. So if, if you want a frame of reference, what he's talking about, you can, you can scroll back through yeah, and find our calling contest. That's a good, I never even thought about that. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing too, that's, that's very handy and you wouldn't think these relate, but if you can ring a duck call out and you hear the guys in the meat contest and they're running that feed with all the ducks in it and they're putting as much pressure into that feed and air volume for the most part, is that guy ringing that duck call is. So it teaches you a lot of things if you have that skill. Uh, And you don't need to ring it so much. Like, don't worry about the if all the notes are the same, like when you're listening to the competition. You really just need the tone. So what I always tell people to do is you you search the tone, and you don't want the tone to waver. You don't want to go, you just want one solid ring, and just let the ring out until you just run out of air. Yeah. And that's, that is an amazing thing uh, to learn for your duck calling. And another um, kind of resource for it, and it's not like Bobby puts up a ton of different videos on his Facebook uh, just last night, not to be weird. He has a video from April 12th, <laughs> <laughs> and um, it goes over a lot of like just pressure and, mm-hmm. and kind of what it does. And 
whether you're just starting out or you've been doing it for 10 years, any instructional you watch or any of these competitions or anything, it'll, you, you can always learn something and pull something from hey, it. I still, I watch instructionals all the time from other guys that make calls or whoever, mm-hmm. uh, guy, I'll pick something up every time from him. Maybe it's something I didn't know how to phrase in a certain way that I could help a guy out with down the road. I can say, Oh, I had that guy I tried to help and I couldn't get that message over to mm-hmm. him, but I bet that would. So. And, you know, it's another thing. It's like every time you, you help somebody and you figure something out, you say, well, that guy was doing this with this note, and I changed this with him, and now he's doing this. So now I know that for the next guy mm-hmm. to try to speed up the the process. But, oh, gosh, no, I, I listen yeah. to instructional all the time. Yeah, me too. I yeah. spent, I mean, I spent a lot of time. Heck, um, Brad Allen did that yeah. one while back that was great. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very detailed, very good instructional he did on that. For sure. But a lot of good ones out there. YouTube, our Facebook page, Bobby's Facebook page, a lot of good ones out there yeah. for sure. So you said or something about getting your hand right. You know, how is that how is that important after you maybe get the five quacks? Because you could do the five quacks kind of with the hand oh, open. Do, yeah. When guys start out, I like him to take their hand out of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, explain a little bit on gripping okay. the call. Yeah. So if you look at one of our calls, there's an orb around the end of the insert. And what that orb is made to do is you got that little piece of skin, I don't know the technical name for it, in between your index finger and your thumb. But you just drag that insert down until it grabs that piece of skin. And now you make a ring around that call. So now that is the beginning of how to hold a duck call. And we're all doing this with him here, yeah. which is yes. kind of cool. So yeah. <laughs> FYI. So, so basically you're making an okay sign. Which I think has become bad in the yeah, last yeah. month. Yeah, you can't you can't do that now. <laughs> yeah, this I'm going so, to hit somebody. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not. I'm not up with the times though. But uh, <laughs> yeah. so when a guy starts out, I like him just to keep his hand out of the way, uh, because essentially, as you get better, what you're going to do is when you take your hand and you start putting it in front of the bore on the insert, you're creating or taking away back pressure. So you're gonna you're gonna help the, you're gonna either help or fight the air coming out of that call. So essentially, when you want to quiet down, you're going to cover some of that up, and it's going to create some more back pressure for you. That's why I was saying earlier on that last podcast, when you have a quiet call, there's going to be a certain inherent amount of built-in back pressure to it. But duck calls go up, they don't go down. So this call will go just as quiet, this loud one, as that quiet one, if you know how to manipulate the call. So I can put my hand in front of the insert, and I can create the same amount of back pressure that a small board call has in it. So, so that's as you get better, you'll learn how to manipulate, uh, especially like when you're running a feed. When you run a feed quiet, you're just going to start instinctively closing your hand down. When you run a feed louder, you're going to open it up. Uh, if you put ducks inside of your feed, you're gonna, that's when you see the hands moving because mm-hmm. you're opening up during the duck. You're quieted down when you get back to the feed. Uh, now, when you're ringing it, uh, that's a little different. You, you'd almost have to uh, like go on YouTube and watch hand placement for a ring because when you're ringing a call, uh, the best way to learn is you hold it with your off hand, mm-hmm. and then you put this hand over it in a C because that's really hard to explain with that. But you're, you're just cupping that hand down until you create the right sound, and you're going to just play with it till you get it. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's true too. I mean, doing our live feed for the, the Grand National Calling Competition, yeah, you'd see guys uh-huh. that – you know, they're doing all sorts of things. Sometimes their hands in their pocket. Sometimes both of them are on the call. And you'll notice that when you watch through these videos. Yep. But that's exactly right. But, yeah, when, when you're watching the guys ring on the, on the open, watch they're, they're most 99% of them are going to have their offhand, which is usually your left hand, but mm-hmm. everybody's right-handed. Their right hand is going to touch the call, but it's not going to be holding the call. Uh, now, this is during the, the, the first three strings. Uh, mm-hmm. Once you get into ducks and feeds and all that, they're, they're going to move their hands around. 
But on the beginning, you're, you're going to have basically, they're going to make a C around that call, and you're going to see them search in their warm-up for that ring. So that's a great place to get on there and, and start figuring the pan placement out with that. Just do not do that one while driving. Jeez, no, that's that's no, the right. one you don't do when, exactly. while driving. Now, after you <laughs> figure it out, you can do it one hand. Yeah. But, yeah, to initially figure it out, that's that's what you want. But, I mean, really, when they're doing a comp, they're doing it with two hands because you're trying to be as as precise as you can be with it. And that actually kind of goes into another question. We have a lot of guys come in the store um, that may stem from goose calling or, or just that they've never done it before, don't know. Uh, would you recommend just one hand on the call while hunting? Yeah. Or some guys cover it? No, always um, one hand with a that. duck call. Yeah. yeah, always one hand with a duck call. Goose calls two hands, but always yeah. one hand with a duck call. For sure. We just see that sometimes in the store. Um, so kind of just a heads up for, yeah, for everyone. I'm not sure exactly where the two hands thing comes from on a duck call uh generally when i get somebody that's learning and they got both hands on it i tell them to put the one in the pocket and leave it there while we're doing this because it's a, it gets to be such a habit yeah yeah so i think it's from the old flutes because they're a two-handed a deal yeah. yeah so i think the old when you learn to blow the flute not the duck call it just becomes mm-hmm. i'm trying to throw the sound gregory aren't you good on a flute oh <laughs> that I'm not great on a duck call. I can blow a duck call. I can blow a cut down. I can blow a Canada. You blow a duck I'm, call better than you think you do. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know, but <laughs> a flute, I cannot figure out for life. I give all the guys props that when flutes were like the only thing that could run those, I give you props because I, like, I can run a short read, but man, those flutes are tough. Flutes are strange because flutes you run without pressure. Flutes you run with the air out of your mouth and you almost take your tongue and stick it in between your teeth at the call. So everything you don't do with a duck call, do yeah, with a flute. Or a short read, yeah, yeah. you do with a flute. It's just yeah, it's different. Yeah, I mm-hmm. found a buddy of mine's garage, I found an HS flute last night, and we were jacking around with it. And it is... It's... Even even when I tune them, I have to almost blow on it for 20 minutes yeah. to get... Just to not put pressure yeah. on it, to get in the habit. Yeah, it's... But the benefit to it is just like creates a completely different sound that you might not be able to mimic out of any other call like it's it just does. different yeah it does i guess it'd be the same as the guy who's a good golfer and then you take him to play softball and baseball and he ruins that golf swing or you try to yeah. go back and forth it's yep. just it's two different things <laughs> yeah so back to back to duck calls i don't <laughs> yeah. want to talk Sorry. about fl- i don't want to talk about flutes for 30 minutes um <laughs> So once you get the the quacks down, the five quacks, what now? What are you doing with your hands? You talked about changing pressure, but are you uh, are you influencing the sound of the call? No, initially on it, uh, I would like a guy to learn just one hand position to make like one or two cadences, and that's the beginning of of actually sounding like a duck. Uh, now, if if the guy or gal has listened and they've practiced being soft. Like I said, like a really good thing to do is just see how soft you can blow a duck call. See how soft you can make a quack with it being full. You kind of naturally end up searching with your hand to figure out how soft you can blow it. Because you'll end up covering it up a little bit more just to get the sound quieter than if it's open. So it'll kind of start teaching them hand placements. Because uh, generally after they, get, after they get their five notes, and then they can do a couple cadences. So like say a slow one and a fast one. Uh, generally the next thing I have them practice is doing fast to slow, slow to fast. So, and not long. So just like you want two fast quacks, two, two slow quacks. Cause then you'll learn how to go between your cadences. Cause that's another movement your tongue has got to learn. 
So you learn how to do it like fast to slow, slow to fast. And then uh, generally by then, uh, yeah, then we'll start moving our hand around. Because like your slow duck, usually on a slow duck, you're going to open your hand up a more faster duck. You're going to pinch it down a little bit because you're trying to get the reed to respond quicker. So you're going to add a little back pressure. The other one, you want the reed to kind of go slower, so you're going to let it breathe. Yeah, so that would be the basis. And generally, if somebody's practiced enough to get to that point, they get exponentially better way faster. Yep. Yeah. I see a lot of beginners think that their hand makes the quack. They do, and it, like that's something I have a hard time with because when I blow a duck call, I do it just do it out of habit. And when I'm teaching somebody that's not very good or is new, they'll say, do I move it like this? And I'm like, I know I'm doing it and we're repeating, but please just keep it still. For now, because it'd have no effect. Yeah. Yeah. All the, everything's going inside your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so until you get that straightened out, you don't need the hand to do anything. Yeah. You just, you, there's a lot of things you just need out of the way. Yeah. So, like, what would be great is if a person could take their esophagus just out of the equation to begin with <laughs> and then <laughs> add it back in. Yeah. Because yeah, it just gets in the way. Because the natural habit when you blow on something, like if you want to blow a birthday candle out, you're going to, Take a big deep breath, and you're going to make your throat as tight as you can get it to blow that air out. And that is the opposite of what you do with a duck call. You, you take that big deep breath, and then you want your throat as open as it can possibly be. Uh, so generally, you know if you're doing right when you're practicing, if, if you're not used to running a call, your throat hurts like crazy because your esophagus is open. And now this is just an assumption. I don't know this for sure, but... I think what happens is when you are running your pressure through your esophagus and it's hitting that reed and there's a little bit of fight, your esophagus actually balloons a little bit because it will flat kill you for a couple of weeks while mm-hmm. you're getting used to that going on. You'll think yeah. you have something wrong with yourself. I, I get that every year at the beginning of the year. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It will absolutely, it hurts so bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's how generally like somebody will come over and they'll come over for two or three times and they'll go, man. I had to take a break for my throat hurt. I'm like, well, you're doing really good then. Yeah, you're doing it right. <laughs> yeah. Doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, just just keep going. That'll go away. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yes, but like I said, it's the only thing that I know of that you ever do that with, with anything. Because anytime else you, you try to get air out of your mouth, you get tight. That's the natural. And, you know, a good way, uh, just besides the tone of the duck call, if you want to know if you tighten up your throat when you call, is if you take your hand and you put it around your neck, and you can feel your neck muscles flex when you blow a duck call, your neck's getting tight, which means your esophagus tighten up. So you shouldn't be able to feel anything going on right there when you blow a call. Uh, you might feel it in your Adam's apple move because you're moving that, but as far as like the sides of your neck, about where your fingers can reach, that should not be flexing when you run a call. If it is, then your throat's getting tight. So that's a good thing to check. Okay, I got you just wondering now, don't I? Yeah, yeah. now I'm like, man, do I do that? Like... <laughs> Maybe that's what but I'm doing wrong. I tell you, what's, what's really me. funny is, so when you see somebody that can run a duck call, there's a lot of, uh, most people will do a lot of the same exact thing. So it, guys could go on to the meat contest or the main street. The meat, this would be more apparent in. Uh, but almost anytime somebody's going to, like say we're at a show and the guy's going to pick up a duck call and he's going to run it, I can almost tell you whether or not he can run that call before he ever puts it up to his mouth. Because he's going to hold it a certain way. And he's going to fill his chest up, and he's going to put that call up to his lips, and they're generally going to pick their shoulders up a little bit because they're basically making room for their esophagus to flex against their lungs. And that guy probably is going to put good pressure on that duck call. And if you watch your meat contest, almost every one of them guys are going to do that to it, to their body. Mm-hmm. And you'll see, you'll see their stomach flex when they're making their notes. So that's, that's it. it's 
kind of odd, but that is a good thing to do. I mean, if you if you really want to see if you're using your body, get in the mirror and see how much of your abdomen is moving. If your shoulders rise up and if your throat tenses down, you can see all the muscles in it, which it shouldn't be doing. But, yeah, it's a good way to check yourself. That's so. like a, my duck season. Like That's my ab workout just because I'm like oh, constantly yeah. flexing. and then mm-hmm. just, That's sore, too, for a couple of days. Yeah, well, that's why I always tell guys, if you want to send me a video in for help, I want it from the top of your head to your waist. So Not I just s- like a phone facing down Not where you can't at all. see anything. No, I, need to s- I want to see your hand, I want to see your mouth, and I want to see your stomach. That way I can tell if you're pushing with your diaphragm, if your hand's closed off, whatnot. Yeah. Like I said, I can see if your neck's so tight it looks like an old Hulk Hogan yes. <laughs> deal. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Hulkamania. Yeah. <laughs> So what do you what do you think the biggest mistake is? And we're kind of transitioning over here from how to blow a duck call to calling ducks in the field. What do you think some of the biggest mistakes in the field are uh, for someone who who's might have figured out how to you know how, how to get pressure, figured out how to make cadences, and figured out maybe how to start to feed? You know what what are, what are the mistakes we see in the field now that they might not know what they're doing wrong? They're just out there they're trying. Well, generally, what my belief is is when you call a duck, it's a lot like having a conversation with a person. So if I was sitting here with you guys and we're sitting here having this conversation, I would just all of a sudden start yelling. That would be odd. (laughs) It would be a little odd. And it would alarm everybody in the room, right? So uh, if, if you're calling it ducks and just now, if they're interested in you, going away is a different deal, but if they're looking at you and they're circling your spread and you just all of a sudden get super loud on them, that's odd. Uh, that's, that's just not in conversations. Because uh, a lot of times, if you want somebody to listen more, a person actually gets quieter. When you start whispering, that means I have to listen more intently. And animals are kind of similar in that way. Uh, so timing, timing is more important and, uh, than uh, what you're saying. So for the most part, I try to blow a duck call as loud as I think they need it to hear it. Uh, and I almost want them to have to strain to hear it a lot of days. Um, that's a neat way of picturing that, or I can, I can just visually, I can think about that. You know, when you're thinking how far this bird's out and yeah. you can say, you know, well, I think if I'm this loud, it's going to get to them, but they're going to have to really focus on hearing it. Yes. Uh, and you can almost think of it kind of like, um, when they're in range of your shotgun, like when are they in range of your duck call or when, where do you set that range? And you, you I mean, you can personally set that range to an extent. Well, you can. And it's just, like I said, like talking to people, if you're in the parking lot, I don't yell as loud as I possibly can <laughs> to get your attention. I say your name. And if you didn't hear it, I say it a little louder. And then if you still didn't hear it, I say it louder until you turn around. Yeah, if you start yelling, I might if you just keep just, going. <laughs> yeah, if you just start screaming as loud as you can, that's strange. Uh, so uh, I try to blow a duck call as loud as I think it needs to be for them to hear it. Like I said, if they got to strain a little bit, that's fine. Um, one thing I think people have a really hard time with is they don't pay enough attention to what happens when they blow the duck call, like what the bird actually is doing. Uh, if you make a note and it likes it, don't. that's the note. Don't change the note just because you can do a different note. If 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 it you if it likes single quacks and cadence, then continue. Uh, but really pay attention to what it's doing. Um, the number one thing I mean, most of the time, Maroons more hunts is they see you. I mean, that's most of the time. 
Uh, lack of cover. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because that's the same deal. He's like, well, they're scared of the spinners. No, they see you. <laughs> that's just what it is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't, I bet don't if, just stare at them. I bet if right. I kept the spinner out here and took the people away, the duck would come in. Yeah. Yeah. The spinner worked yesterday. It works today. But I know a lot of people would say, well, we pulled the spinner and then they came in. Well, yeah, they seen you. Uh, but um, so, you know, you go back. Calling on the corners is always safe. Uh, and when you say that, you mean when the duck is turning or basically banking or left or right? Yeah. yeah. Um, now, what really helps is if you hunt with somebody, if you two can learn what you're doing uh, when the ducks are coming, and that helps a lot. Like the guys that I hunt with, for the most part, I know when somebody's making a sound, ducks getting closer. And I'm not necessarily blowing a duck call. If I'm on the left and I got a buddy on the right running the call, I'm not necessarily running the call if the ducks are on his side. He's, he's in control of them over there. I'm in control of them on my side. But I know from the sounds he's making what they're doing. If he's getting louder, I'm assuming they're going away. Unless it's just a weird day where they just want loud till we shoot them. But I'm assuming they're going away. Uh, and, you know, about everybody will have something they do when they get real close. Yeah. So, you know, learn what your buddy does. Whether it's good, bad, or whatever it is, learn. That way you know that if they're coming from this way and he start making that sound, I probably need to be doing something in a second because I know that sound he's making is a good sound. And that kind of helps you guys call together instead of one overpowering the yes. other. Um, so like if he, he's trying to finish these birds and he's hitting real soft clacks and then you, I mean, you hit a hail call. Like yeah. Right. It's, yeah. You probably not what him. you want to do. Right. Uh, absolutely. Um, I, like I said, I see a lot of guys will run a feed just because it's their quiet thing. Not necessarily because it's right for the situation. It's just something they can do quietly where they would be better off if they'd pick up a whistle if they just want to make noise or they would just learn to do real. When I say fine quacks, I just mean real soft, uh, real soft quacks uh, or clucks, which a cluck is just a really short quack. Uh, but yeah, instead of running the tick of feed. Yeah. Because uh, the one thing, guys, I, don't, I think they, they miss on some of this. Now this is just speculation and, and I don't have any way to like say this is a fact, but this is just what I observe. Uh, when animals eat, they don't really like each other. So yeah. they're not eating. They're, a feed is not telling other ducks to come help me eat this food. I mean, essentially they're, they're telling the other duck to get away from them because they have food there. Go away. Yeah. It's just like when dogs feed, they're going to growl at each other, mm -hmm. you know, in a pack. Gregory does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. if I got a steak in front of me, nobody's coming close. So, <laughs> well, I mean, so essentially a feed is ducks telling other ducks to stay a certain distance away because yeah. they're fussing at that moment, and they're trying to eat as much as they can for their survival. So uh, when, when ducks tick it in the air, they're spacing. They're not mm – because -hmm. everybody has had ducks, they'll lock up, especially like right after the sweet spot in the morning. Yeah. So right after you get that first half hour – Everybody can kill them, and mm -hmm. then the sun comes up, and you see your high, and they see everything. You'll have them ducks that spin you, and then you'll hear that, tick -tick -tick -tick. but then they yeah. never come down. Usually, yeah. they'll lock up about 70 yards, spin you three or four times, and go on. My opinion is they're trying to get your decoys up is what they're doing, but they're spacing. And that's why they're not coming in that's, within range. Yes, yeah, generally, closer. if you get ducks that are spinning, you're making that sound, you ain't going to kill them ducks. Yeah, that's just okay. not going to happen. Uh but they're spacing. They're telling the other ducks in the air to get away from them because they're trying to get information. Uh -huh. So uh, that little ticka ticka sound is, I, like I said, most of the time it's just something 
a lot of guys have learned to do soft. Yeah. And they don't have anything else to throw at them when they just need to hear more. Mm-hmm. But they don't want it to be loud. Gotcha. So learning little fine clucks and quacks is a very useful thing. That's yeah. why you said a lot of days just mack, mm-hmm. mack. That's what kills the duck. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go listen to ducks, you know, if they're on a feed, they're going to be super noisy. Most of the time, if you find a couple hundred ducks just loafing on a pond, you hear, if you, off in the distance, you're going to hear, Quack. And you'll hear that little other little hit. Quack, 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 quack. That's, yeah. you, that's about all you hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a lot of, usually if it's a feed, you're in a millet field and it's very chaotic and that's a different scene. So uh, just learning soft uh, is good. Soft with pressure. So it sounds full is very helpful. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I don't know, probably two years ago, it was pretty, pretty neat to hear that ticket ticket as course after dark, I was hunting in an evening spot. And, of course, all the birds, thousands come in after shooting light. Yep. So I'm literally 100 yards from the truck, about ready to leave, and then the sky lights up, and then that's all you hear from all the you know, thousands of ducks. Yep. And it's pretty neat to watch. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, like like you said, you know, it's it's kind of getting dark out. They're spacing, and they're yep. coming into this, um, you know, to, to roost for, I mean, to, for yeah. the night. And But they're they're making those, I think, as, as kind of like a location formation. Yep. Yeah, generally when other ducks want other ducks, that's quacking. When other ducks want other ducks to get away from, that's that's more of a feed. Yeah. yeah. Which not saying like the feed can't be. Oh, not at all. Because it can be. Oh very yeah, absolutely. Effective, yeah, uh, but could fe- be more yeah. aggressive and maybe feed that's is aggressive. Yeah. Right. Which, like I said, if you're on a loaf and it's at nine o'clock, that's not an aggressive scenario. Yeah. That's a relaxed scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of. I mean, brings us into another thing. There's a lot of different styles of calling, like endless styles of calling. Um, yeah. Are you, do you lean more on the side of aggressive or like kind of laid back? I or used just to be, depend? I used to be super laid back and I'm probably way more aggressive now. Uh, now that depends on where we're at though. Yeah. Like we hunt a lot of farm ponds. Farm ponds, you cannot be super aggressive on. Gotcha. Ponds, Cause it's just not gonna, yeah. th- that's a loaf. Might just not be what they want. Yeah, because uh, they're just not in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, like when we hunt farm ponds, I like a duck to work the pond two or three times before I blow a duck call at it. Yeah. Because generally, if it'll spin the pond two or three times before you blow at it, you're going to kill that duck. Uh, I don't like to hit them right when they come up on it. Because like I said, that's a relaxed scenario. They're not uh-huh. really into that. Uh, now, if we're on... If we're on public ground, I got a lot of guys around me. Well, yeah, then I'm going to be pretty aggressive on a call because yeah. I want the attention. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if we're hunting someplace that's a fee, then absolutely. Like if we're hunting dry cornfields, uh, we, if we've got, we're hunting dry cornfields and I've got five guys on the line, four guys are going to do a blow a feed. Okay. I'm going to run the, I'm going to run the main call. They're just yeah. going to feed because you can't do it too much. Uh huh. Yeah. Just a bunch of different noises yeah. come from everywhere. Yep. And that's what's one thing you'll notice, like day to day. Like sometimes they want real aggressive from the time you see them to the time their feet touch the water, and other times they want two quacks from the time that you see them. Like I said, I, like, I mean, just, my business is making selling duck calls, and I yeah. just tell everybody that they should blow a duck call as much as they possibly can. But at the same time, I make them so that you can get ducks into range better. Mm-hmm. So if you've done your homework and you scout and everything's great and you set up on a pond and you never have to pick up the call, it's a great day. Yeah. You did everything right. Uh, if you have to blow three quacks at every bunch that comes in because you're in the perfect spot, that's a great day. Yeah. Yeah. So there is nothing wrong with that whatsoever. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. 
feels good too yes, when you it hit does. that when you hit that on the corner oh, yeah. or whatever and they just come in that's instantly. the best day of calling oh, yeah. there ever is yeah yeah absolutely or there's days when you're literally you're sitting there and you see ducks hit the water in front of you and you didn't just, even know there was ducks there oh yeah just yeah. fantastic yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that happens too those are the days when things yeah you've got the decoys looking good uh-huh Yep. So I I guess maybe people are listening to this waiting to the edge of their seat to, to hear us talk about this cut down, but that's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the hottest thing right now I'm in the duck call you. industry. But uh, we have brand new this year. Uh, the, was it this year? Yeah, brand new? this year. Yeah, this is the yep. mammoth cut down from, from Ducklander. You were the first ones to have them. Yeah. You're the only ones that have them besides me. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Explain and, it all, yeah. And actually, I mean, I... I Personally, can't blow a lot of the cut downs. I, I'm, I'm getting more, getting more practice in, and I'm getting better at making some sound, you know, kind of decent. But this is actually one that I was able to um, perform a lot better on, and it kind of makes me want to get one to, to perfect the <laughs> yes. cut down. But I don't know why. I don't, uh, I don't never have I, enough. Though. I don't That's think I take thing. it to the field. I, I yeah. got a loud timber that I, I don't really leave. I I have fought making one of these for like three years. It's been the most requested new (laughs) skew that we have. With I mean, without a doubt. Uh, One, I don't know if I'm far enough south to be successful with them. Not hunting wise. I mean, with customers because they're a southern thing. Mm -hmm. But like I know, I see a lot of guys tried them. Not mine. They tried all of them at Waterfowl Weekend. So yeah, a lot of different ones. Like if I was a Minnesota company, I would be super leery about trying to sell one because you know you get further away from that region so it real quickly explain the difference between the, the cut okay down so and then my the, the, my version of this now i may get corrected because i do not have a lot of southern history uh whatever you call it uh so i mean basically it is a call based off the old old uh the old old uh old old what are they the PS old or yeah, I yeah. can't remember the model number on them. I have one at home, uh, one of my uh, uncle's buddies that we used to hunt with. But yeah, they're off the old Olds. They have a certain, they're kind of not like a J frame because one they use a fourteen mil reed. Uh, they've got a lot more slope on the tone board, and I mean to be a cut down, I mean they kind of play in a certain genre with the tone board yeah. math. And like yeah, the reed comes off at a certain angle. Yeah, um, compared so, to what I mean, J frame would be, which yeah. is every other call you make so, just about. The mammoth is a le- it is a legit cut down. Uh, we're still tweaking with what everybody considers heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I think it's on the light side right now. But again, that's just what size reeds I have in them. Yeah, yeah, because you have your width and your length. They're fourteen mil reeds, so they're thicker than a regular J frame. But we're still trying to feel customers out with: Do I have them tuned heavy or do I have them tuned light? The consensus at the show where they were lighter running. Yeah. So, but I'm not sure I for a cut down for style. a cut down. Yeah. 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 Which I'm not sure I don't like because there's a lot of bottom end in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's got a ton of ducks in the bottom end of it. Not yeah. that the others don't, but uh, definitely a full full range of sound. Yeah. With it for sure. So, but it's really hard to gauge it because, like myself, I can't blow over that call. Yeah. But there was like there was a couple of boys at the show that could. There's a couple guys at the show though. They, had, they like, blew over all iron. Of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean so. Yeah, yeah, because they blew over mine, they blew over the RNTs, they blew over all of them. Every cut yeah. down we had, they had like an air comp- two air compressors. Yes, for it was ridiculous. Yeah. So, uh, but I gotta say, like, I fought making this deal for three years, and I actually really like it. 
I'm probably going to hunt with one of these this year. Really? Excellent. Yeah. Now, Gregory, I know at Waterfowl Weekend, uh-huh. you were saying that the, the, the cut down was probably the number one picked up call, but not necessarily that we sold a ton of them. It's a little bit more difficult to blow. What makes that the well, case? Well, so one, they have no back pressure. No back So pressure. they hold no air in for you. The only hint of back pressure you're going to have in that call is, is, is the actual reed moving. Which makes a little back pressure. So it takes a ton of air. They take more air, uh, but you can fidget. You can fudge the back pressure with your hand. Um, so since they have no back pressure, you can't let a note drop. So you have to end every note hard. So for the most part, when you hear somebody run a cut down, they're going to end the note uh, harder, and the notes a lot of times are going to be a little shorter. Yeah, <coughs> that's how you're going to get that sound out of them. Which is more of that cut down sound. Yeah, like that, almost like a pop. That's why they call it a bark. Or, yeah, yeah, because exactly. you're hitting that note harder and ending it harder, and then you're you're moving more mylar because it's fourteen thousand, so it takes more air to get it going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so that's that's the biggest difference between that and J frame. But they do have a very unique sound to them. Can you? Yeah, blow on one just yeah, so people can hear it. I mean, they've heard you blow a call just. <laughs> So that would be a, the cut down. And then if I ran the regular J frame. So like I said, you get just that deeper sound out of the cut down. So it's it's a completely different, mm-hmm. a completely different sounding. Yeah. Yeah, call. Absolutely. And not necessarily that they're they're I, hard to run or anything. No. It's just different. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I say, you just can't. When you come down to the bottom of them, you can't let that out. You have to end that note. And that was yeah. the J-frame. That was the J-frame, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that note just has to end to make it sound good. So, But so far since we released it, it's been really good. So. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had a lot of positive feedback um, at the store. And yeah, they did pretty personal. good I thought they during just, the I, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely like the way it runs. And yeah, I think it, I think there's two left. Yeah, there's not, not yeah. a lot left here. So yeah, so yeah, I was happy with what it did for sure. Yeah, so. and it goes back to we as of right now we just have the matte black, which yep. is what a cut down is. Yeah, Every right. cut down you've ever seen is. And there are still read kits for the cutdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are in light. Well, actually, I got them in uh, standard length and extra and then extra, extra stiff. So you have stiff, extra stiff, and extra, extra stiff. So just another one you can play with and really yeah. fine-tune to yourself. And I, I think uh, when I do the next round of read cuttings, I think I'm going to make one more, a triple X stiff that's a little wider and okay. a little longer for if a guy just wants to yeah. blow the crap out of it. He can do yeah. that. Yeah. For sure, but really get a different sound. Yeah. Did you have any more questions, Gregory Chandler? I know at one point we thought about doing some goose calls, but I know time on this one has flown by again. Yeah, the, we got the Drake whistle. We can yeah. talk about a little bit, but yeah, goose calls. We're gonna have to revisit that. Another yeah, exactly. one. We got. He's got some pretty cool stuff and pretty innovative uh, technology. I guess you can mm-hmm. in the the gut system. We'll go over that. Um, a later date in another podcast, but so, yeah, the probably whistle, more closer the, to goose season. Yeah, you know? the five in one whistle now. Uh, I tell you what, in one. Uh, if you want to step up from the little plastic cheapy whistle, we make a good acrylic or wood whistle. It's going to be a little bit louder than those 
the little five dollar ones. Yeah, the ones that look like a funnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're they're a little bit louder. Sounds a little bit sharper on the Drake. You can put a little more air through them. Uh, like the widget will be a little sharper. The teal will be a little sharper. They look a lot better. They feel better. They look more like a regular duck call. Mm-hmm. Um, whistles are fantastic if you're in an area that pintail. I I am a huge believer that a pintail could care less about a reeded duck call. So a regular duck, I don't think they... Now, if they're mixed in with other ducks, that's fine. But if you're just calling pennies, in my opinion, whistle is king for calling pintail. Uh, if we have just pintails working, uh, generally we will only blow a whistle at them. We have the most success with that. Uh, if you want to just have a good noise in your, in your spread, you cannot over-whistle ducks. Uh, as long as the, the ducks don't see the person that's doing the whistling... You can't blow a duck out of a hole with a whistle. So it's an excellent confidence call, especially if you got somebody that's not good on a call, but they want to participate. They're fantastic. Yeah. And it's another way to, to work with your hunting buddy or something. If he's hitting his cadence on his clacks and everything, you're hitting a whistle in the background. I yep. mean, it makes very realistic yes. situation. Uh, you know, especially you dry feed and you're going to hear a lot of drakes when mm-hmm. a dry feed. Uh, we shoot a lot of widgeon where we hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, widgeon are extremely vocal. And they love other widgeon. They'll come to a mallard call fine, but they love to hear the whistle. Uh, you kind of do woody on it. Uh, I'm of the opinion wood duck could care less about a call. Yeah. So if it makes you feel good to blow, <laughs> yes. blow it at it when you're hunting woodies, that's fine. But um, which I like to. But <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I'd rather do it with a spec. Yeah. Yeah. True. Unless you get some volume. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So the, yeah, the Drake whistle. There's no reed in it. Um, so yeah, especially it's great for kids if you got a young one and you want them to participate. But you know it's really hard to get you know a ten or twelve year old to yeah. know when to blow a duck call, especially if you're in a big group. You don't want to have them mess anything up. Uh, like I said, you know they can blow a whistle all day and never gonna hurt us. Absolutely. Yeah, but uh, for guys that haven't used a whistle, I would strongly encourage them trying it because mm-hmm. I think they'd find it uh, it does more for them than they could than they thought it would. Mm-hmm. So now I'm not saying you're going to break a duck down from the atmosphere with it, but it's great to finish birds with. So, yeah, for, I mean, I guess relatively a simple call to learn how to run, um, in a way, then it, it can be very, very oh, effective. Yeah. You, I think, yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah. you really can't run a whistle wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You just hum and blow air and, and ducks respond to them. For yes, sure. they do. Now, very much. Can you blow on that whistle there uh, yeah. and give us a few just a little bit of an example so a drake would and you can push it a little harder go more and then you got a widgeon then your teal you can do a pintail now if a guy can move his uvula that little meat that hangs down the back yeah, of your throat hangy ball deal. it sounds way better i cannot do that i have to flick my tongue to do a penny but the uvula does sound better. I just do not have that ability. Uh, and then you can get a little bit of a woody squeal out of it. So that would be, yeah, that would be its pretty... its main things. So very effective and versatile for yeah. sure. Yes. But like I said, I would strongly recommend guys if if you want to try something else, you want to make some noise, and you don't always want to blow the the regular call. I think you'd find the whistle. Uh, you'd like it if you gave it a run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very very def- useful tool to keep birds interested without yeah you know, without potentially 
yelling at them when they're too or, close. Or yeah, like exactly. That's what you were talking yeah. about earlier. Just something that's quiet. Just that's, something if you just need to make noise yeah. to finish birds, or you just want to add some more sound into the spread. You know, if there's five of you and you're hunting a loaf and you don't need a lot of sound, and three of you want to blow a call, by all means, have one of you run a whistle or two. Yeah. Yeah. So, especially I mean, if there's some days that's all they, and like, yeah. that's just what they want. Especially if you're someplace where you might shoot gadwall, you might shoot widgeon, you might shoot teal that day. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, that's what they're hanging out with. They hear it every day. And here, that's where we get a lot of everything. Yeah. yeah. Good mix. So. Which is very, very nice. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Any more uh, questions that uh, you can think of here? I know we've pretty much hit all the calls. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of information on just uh, duck calls, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I recommend if you guys haven't seen these uh, these duck calls, check them out on our website. I know we've uploaded a bunch of really, really good images. They're they're really amazing looking. The The work he's done um, with the, the what are you, I guess, graphics, I don't know, the engraving, and the different options, uh, non-polished, polished, clear, color combos, bands, all this stuff. I mean, we even got some that's the whole call, the outside of it at least, the entrance not, is that uh, uh, burl, right? The stabilized buckeye yeah. burl. Yeah, that that call looks absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, different tips on it, like yeah. all sorts of stuff. Really, and then everything, the read kits is huge. I think uh, it can help uh, consumers, customers grow as a duck call and also, you know, uh, be able to uh, either teach somebody or uh, just uh, – what am I trying to say? Here? I always say it's basically a way to get a custom tune without having to come see me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but you're close that, enough, I'm just going to come see you. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah but. Finding that right read <laughs> yeah. and, and then learning and growing with that read and having the best-sounding duck call um, and not just stuck with – the, what comes in the read when you buy it off the shelf because over time you grow and, and especially when you start you definitely oh. grow and, and and you find a, a better read and maybe a different cut read that you like better that you like to sound better and that's just a huge asset for anyone wanting to to learn or expand their kind of their duck calling is like that read is biggest the read kits are like just great for you because there's so many different options and you can run it light and whiny, or you can run it heavy and like as raspy as you want. Like, there's just so many different options you can really play with it. Well, yeah, like I said, it's it's like a it's like me being able to tune a call for you. You don't yeah. have to send in the mail. Uh, customers already have calls. Like I always tell them, you're more than welcome to send me the call back in the mail to tune it up. But it's no different. All I'm going to do is put the I'm going to clean it. I'm going to put whatever read number you wanted in there, and I'm mm-hmm. going to put a cork in it. So I can you can send it in, or I can just the read kits does the same exact thing. Yeah. So what we used to have to go to shows and people used to have to come to shows finding you tune their calls. That was a big deal for waterfowl shows. Mm-hmm. But, Absolutely. Uh, this kind of eliminates that need and which it's, it's better if you can do that yourself yeah. because if something messes up, you have the way you have a way to fix it. Absolutely. And yeah. like during season, like reads crack, you yep. lose a read when you're cleaning it, like something happens yep. just to have a backup read. And it might not be the same, 1.0 that you were running but i mean you maybe you throw 1.1 in there and that's what you use um and you might end up liking it better anyways mm-hmm. and i think it's one of those things that you know somebody who can break down and clean their gun you know they're gonna they're gonna be better at what they yes, do exactly somebody right. who can break down a call and you know clean it tune it do whatever they're gonna be better at, at what they're yep. doing there too yeah, but it's if I told you you had to break your gun down and then cut part of it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yes. Nope. <laughs> yes. So. No. 
none of that nonsense. So, so Aaron, when when is this podcast going out? Uh, this will go out. Uh, we're gonna do this the, the next two weeks. Yep. So we're gonna be right coming up on teal season. Yep. Can Aaron we uh, can we go over the uh, special runs? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Before we get out of here. Yeah. Let's so. do that. So yeah, um, we've got something kind of cool coming up. That uh, very very cool. Yeah, Gregory, <laughs> tell us what we got coming up. So we have got together with Bobby, um, and we kind of got something going. We're gonna have every month, I think, is where we're going for right what we're now. For. We're, we're gonna see. Yeah, um, we're gonna get some calls, just some special edition calls that only we have, and that you that you won't be able to find maybe on his website, even though nope. you can get just about anything you want there anyways. Yep. And these are one-time um, runs. One-time runs. For yeah. that, for yeah, that, every that's month. Or Once we do them, there's, there's no redoing them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. If, if you want a call that maybe only 10 or 12 other people might have, whatever number we decide, yep. This these will be the for you, and that will be completely different from kind of other stuff that you've seen. Yeah. yeah. Are, so, these, are these numbered? Yes, they'll be numbered, mm-hmm. hand-numbered. So I will be... Uh, I'll take an engraver and write the numbers on by hand. Gotcha. Uh, the the first ones up will be the the checkered. Yep. So yeah, the first checker call ever from me will come from your guys' customs. That will That's be, awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. And if you guys haven't seen like these checkered calls, be paying attention in like coming weeks or days. Even by the time this podcast airs, they are look fantastic. Yes. And being able to have them numbered is just kind of I mean really special, really mm-hmm. um, for that call. So how much did your paycheck just drop by, Gregory? Um, well, I was going to try to get one through six, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, which actually, yeah, so we won't know what numbers you're getting. No, it'll probably, they'll probably go out yeah. random. It's going to yeah. be random. So yeah. you might be the first to buy, and you might get 12, or you might yeah. be the last to buy, and you get one, whatever. Yeah. It's going to be completely random, um, and it's going to be great. But you're going to have to jump on to. it when they do hit the website, because like, like Bobby and Gregory said, it is limited. It's one time. No more. No, yeah, it won't see it. They won't see that combo nope. um, anymore. Yep. So, and to keep it fair, it's not like we're going to go out there and pick one for ourselves. It's going to be straight up random. Speak for yourself on the, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I I'll try to stay away from these uh, limited exactly. edition ones. Yeah, and if I do want to... one, it'll be placed through our website. Yes, so it's fair. Exactly. But... It, no special deal for us. It's going to be one of those where um, every customer has the chance to get number one. We're not you know, saving this back for ourselves. So, you know, jump on that for sure. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I like doing that kind of stuff. So it gives yeah. me something else to make. Mm-hmm. Which that's another cool thing. Like check out Bobby's Facebook or his or his uh website. and what what's exactly your website? Is it Ducklander Calls? Okay. So yeah. check that out. He has a lot of good good looking stuff on both those. Um and he can really make up a lot except for these numbered ones. Those are only through us. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have any more to say. Uh, three hours of talking on yes <laughs> podcast. It was great. Yes. I could go on for another ten about calls. So well, yeah. Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> we still got goose calls to do next yes. time. So yeah. Hopefully everybody, if if this is out during teal season, hopefully everybody's having a good teal season. I know me and Aaron will be in Colorado opening day of teal season. We're out chasing big elk. Yeah, no bugling way. elk in the mountains. Oh, yeah. Our critters might not be as yeah, big. with bows. Be with bows. Yes. Yeah. What's uh? What are the chances? It's like 10%. 10%. Yeah. 10%. I thought it was low. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it, it's it, a lot of it, too, is going to be more about just the experience. We're right. throwing our camp on our back, and we're just we're going. Yeah, right. six six days, 
backpacks, everything. What's the weather there at the time of year? It'll be fire. Yeah, sixties no. and <laughs> there's a fire in the unit. We I mean, we're planning on six days in case, unless Chandler gets us lost in the mountains, that it may turn into twelve, and then yeah. search and rescue and cloudy with Ho- a chance of fire. Hopefully not. Yes, hopefully we not. can see we can see thirties and then and highs of. 65 or something like that. It just depends. That's a on... lot of that's a lot of variant to pack for. Yeah. yeah. It, it is. is. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take neoprene waders. No. We'll, no. we'll, we'll leave those for here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, if I don't have anything, uh, Gregory? No. I think the, the last of it, again, this Bobby Hayes and Duck Cleaner calls. And if you ever need anything, feel free to reach out. Um, I know he's very active on Facebook. I'm very active on Facebook or Instagram, whatever. Yeah. I, uh, feel free to reach out and we'll. We'll answer your questions, and if if I can, I'll reach out to someone or Bobby and, and be able to. He's got a very competitive price acrylic call that is top notch. I mm-hmm. mean, Absolutely. you're buying this call, you're, you. you're buying a, a high quality, even though it might not the price might not reflect as premium as the, as they come out. So. Absolutely. In terms of work and craftsmanship, warranty you're getting craftsmanship, oh, yeah. and just being able to have him there and help you guys, and I mean, it's absolutely it's an outstanding. Um, set up yet. Mm-hmm. So well, we appreciate it, man. Oh, I appreciate it too. Very much. That's a wrap.